Hey there, welcome to the Sasha Sterling podcast, exploring all that is sacred. So glad you're here. Let's jump in. Hello and welcome back. It's Sasha here. And today I am joined by an absolute soul sister priestess, Amber Quile Bailani Bonici. Amber did say that I could just not say her last name, but I really feel that it's important to share both of her powerful last names because it it's such a fitting name for you. So if you're meeting Amber for the first time, she is the founder of Woman Unleashed. She is the author of a best-selling book, Creativity Unleashed, A Woman's Guide to Unlock Flow and Finally Finish Creative Projects Every Day. And Amber has been such a mirror for me and an example around exploring all that is sacred. So I'm so glad you're here to join us um, and see where we want to take this this dialogue. So I'm going to pass it to you, Amber. Welcome, welcome. Oh, thank you, Sasha. So excited to be here. It feels like um, I'm just hanging out with my friend and having a conversation. And then I get to invite a bunch of other friends along. So it's like conversation party. (laughs) (laughs) So let's dive in. What does, because I do, I do believe this is an evolving conversation and definition at this moment in time on your journey. What does sacred mean to you? Oh, that's a good one. Sacred, holy, set apart. Um, Yeah, for me, it's what sacred is right now is it's a choice to really feel into something bigger than me and to honor that yeah whether that comes through i mean when when we talk about unleashed we talk about sacred creativity so there's that aspect of creating as a sacred holy practice like connecting to your purpose connecting to spirit to something bigger than you we also talk about like sacred or like your holy no like saying no but not just no but as like a sacred act right so it's like the, it's like a spirit stamp on, it's like, here we go. Spirit stamped approval. Yes. Go for it. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking for sacred. I love that. I love that you've, you brought in the holy no, the holy no, right. Right to begin. Because I, I know that for myself and so many people I talk to around this, I, the paradox between the individual like and the group oneness you know the oneness consciousness like we're all one we're all reflections of other and then it's like but i'm also me <laughs> and you and i have had so many conversations about sovereignty and continuing to strengthen into that so do you, is there anything you want to expand on around the journey to embracing your holy no Mm, well just that it yeah it was really difficult right and i think that's that's and i think the reason why it was difficult is because i didn't see it as a holy no right that i saw saying no as somehow like I'm, i'll give you an example like with my husband or my kids right that you know i've got two teenage boys at the time right now 
Uh, and they asked me to do all sorts of, <laughs> all sorts of things. And, um, especially my older one. And he like pushes, right? It's like he pushes and pushes and pushes. And, you know, I felt before like, oh, I'm his mom. I should say yes. Or, you know, I've had friends that ask me of something that's like really important. I'm like, oh, I should say yes. There's like this, I want to see it's like been read into us as women, right? The yes, not a problem. I'll take care of that kind of energy. And so to claim the no as a, yeah, really as like a, a space holder is part of what I'm feeling right now is that the holy no is like, by saying no, we create space for spirit to flow in. And when we say yes, we also allow things to flow in. But sometimes there's no more in. Like we're so stuffed. <laughs> there's there it needs to go. Like there needs to flow out. There needs to be space and room for, you know, ideas for our kids to learn how to do things on their own and like to individuate. There needs to be space for our partners to learn how to do things on their own or to go off and be with their friends. Right? There's all this beauty that can be created in the space of a no. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's the, that's the invitation is to, to start to think of the no as more than just a no, but as something like in service to both yourself and to others. Right. It's like a trust of, with spirit, like next level, right? Okay. I can say no. And also no, haha, can O W that, it's spirit's got it. It's being taken care of. I don't need to say yes to everything. In fact, by me saying yes to everything, it actually hinders what needs to be moving and shifting. Mm -hmm. So powerful. Recently, and I already shared this with you, but I'll share it with you listening here with us. <laughs> a mutual friend said something to me. I was clicking a little into my people pleaser and I was justifying it. And he said, you know, you can tell me no. And it just kind of caught me off guard. And and then he said, an insincere yes is far more, gosh, what was it? It was like far more destructive. That was the word. It's far more destructive than a, a clear no, you know? So that that's definitely been unraveling for me. And it's very, it, it, your point here really reinforces that. Are you okay with me? going into something personal, a personal moment between us? Plenty. <laughs> There's so many. I was <laughs> like, which one of the 10 billion you're going to share? Well, it's, a, it's about this trust, the next level trust with spirit. So I don't even remember this, what, when this was, but I, I have teenagers are younger than yours. I'm a little behind. I'm they're 12 and 14. And um, same thing. My older one just like pushes and pushes and pushes. And I, honor that part of her. And sometimes it's exhausting, you know? And I just was like, spirit, <laughs> this is feeling heavy. And you're like, I can't remember all the details, but you were, you were guiding me through, you know, they have their own counsel. Like we were doing, we were just, you know, and this concept of, because in order to trust next level trust with spirit and not be in that, you didn't say the word codependent, but my own, my own past with that, it is, there is this trust, like, no one needs to be rescued. You know, there's just this whole other world that can open up 
Um, so can you speak into that a little bit, your relationship, like what allows the trust? I know that one piece feels like one way maybe that you're able to trust, have that next level relationship with spirit, but I'm sure there's other things that you, other ways you see it. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, when I think of trust, like I think that trust is really coupled with faith and there's the alternative, which I've lived as well, which is worry and doubt. It's like they're coupled as well. Like they're two couples (laughs) hanging out. (laughs) The, yeah, the doubt and worry and then the trust and faith. And so part of that is I found is this, um, it's choice, honestly. Right. Cause there, and it requires faith. Like I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> for a hundred percent certainty that whatever, whatever it is that I'm wanting to create or control or, you know, make happen is going to happen. But I know that I get super neurotic <laughs> if, I, if I move into like that worry or, you know, making it happen, especially as a parent, it can be like, um, and for me, it was a life choice. Like I don't want to live feeling worried or anxious or like double checking on my kids, like, or, you know, like, of course I double check on them, but you know, to like the point where I'm on everything and I'm not trusting them and and any little thing they do, I start to like react. And that's what happens when I move into this place of not trust is, and then I feel like it's all up to me and shit. That's like a lot of pressure, like that it would all be on me. And, um, I've had experiences um, connecting to something bigger where I felt deeply loved. I felt held. Um, Things are completely unexplainable that don't make any sense in my head, but that I felt that something bigger is available. And so what I do is I do my best to go back in and to, remember those places and be like, okay, I'm choosing, choosing to trust, choosing to give this up. And one way I do that, I actually have it right in front of me. It must've been meant to be that I share this with you for our listeners. I actually, if you can't see it, I'm, I have a box here. Okay. It's like a jewelry box looking thing or just a box. Right. And I call this my God box. Okay. And so my God box is where I get to then put like all of the things I need to give up to spirit. So I literally have these little notes in here. I can look in here and, you know, see the different ones, like what they are. But like this one is, oh, connection to my purpose. Okay. That I think I was worried about my purpose when I wrote that in. Oh, here's one sage. That would be my son. Okay. He's in there. (laughs) Or we've got woman unleashed. We have uh, inner circle sisters. We've got, anyways, there are all sorts of things in here. But when I start to feel any sort of worry, I write it down and I consciously put it in here and choose to let it go into the box and know that something, someone bigger than me is holding this. Choosing faith. I'm going to go get a God box tomorrow. 
It's so fun. We actually made them in Inner Circle and we just got boxes and then you can do really fun things to it. Okay. So you can paint it any sort of colors. You can put messages like on the inside. I have like my light language like written in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also got, you can't see it, but I have turquoise glitter. Okay. Turquoise glitter is here. And I have like this little bead on the front of it. And I painted the whole box black actually. Mm-hmm. And then the very bottom, I have all this notes that I written to myself, like messages, but you can, you can put collage. Like if you get a box, you can use like, um, what's it called? Mod Podge or some sort of like acrylic glazing liquid and like collage with magazines and like cover it over and it sticks to your box. So, mm, so you, should, you can totally get a God box. Yes. <laughs> it's happening. Or whatever you want to call it. I'm Maybe. calling it a God box. You could totally call it a God box. Someone might be like, I'm going to call mine a universe box. Which is totally cool. Ooh, ooh, I love or a that. Spirit box. Yeah. Or a Jesus, Jesus take the wheel box. You know that song? Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> take it from my hands. <gasps> I am on my own. Exactly. So God, so it could be Jesus take the wheel box. Oh wait. Oh, I can't hear you. Oh, someone's coming in. Yeah. Good. Real life is happening. Yes, my teenager was knocking on the door. I'm like, dude. Okay. <laughs> dude, do you know that song? I really know. Out. Yeah, out. <laughs> do you know the song, um, Let the Mystery Be? I don't know. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's so good. It's similar. It reminds me of the Jesus Take the Wheel, but it's like the other side. It kind of feels like this, um, the the doubt and worry versus trust and faith. It's like just such trust and faith. It's like, I don't really, I kind of have an idea what God is, but I don't really know. Just let the mystery be like, there's just, it's very sweet. It's I, called let the mystery be? Yeah. Oh, okay. Great. Perfect. I'm adding it right now to my. It's a, uh, it's good. And I'm going to go download Jesus take the wheel after this. So, so I'm really glad you mentioned your light language because mm. it's been such a joy to get to like witness you and celebrate with you as you're creativity right you're woman unleashed you live your work it's like as you've connected to this i don't know what i don't know if you would call it a spiritual tool or a communication with the divine like so i'd love to hear more about that if you're open to sharing and then also also the other piece of it is how do you continue to choose trust and faith on your own spiritual awakening journey because that's something that I know a lot of our community here is, you know, it can feel good on paper or in our head. Like, yeah, I'm open. Like I'm ready for the next level of my awakening. And then it's like, like, whoa, it's happening. And like, what's going on? And am I going crazy? And oh my gosh, do I really have to like cut off all my hair? Do I really have to move to India? Do I really have to like get this divorce? Or (laughs) I don't know anything anymore. Anyway, not, of course, I'm making some of those up, but I know <laughs> I've had my own many of those. So it's a two-part I, question. I, I think that you and I have both chopped off our hair. So like, <laughs> <laughs> it's very normal, very it's normal very in the awakening journey, in the awakening journey, there are. Desire to chop, take scissors to your hair, take scissors <laughs> to your hair. 
Oh, that's right. You cut your own hair. Even. I did. <laughs> I did. It was like on my, I was doing a dedication, a priestess dedication, or dedicating myself as a priestess, which <laughs> I would define as someone who connects others to spirit. Hmm. Um, that's what I think. I grew up in the Christian faith, which priests are used quite a bit, but I think priestess would just be a lady, <laughs> lady doing the same thing. Hmm. But yes, during my priestess dedication, I did hear to cut my hair off. Um, and to what I mean here, I don't like, you know, we communicate with spirit in different ways. Right. But for me, it was like a, just a, a knowing like, okay, we get to release my hair. I live here in Hawaii, so I've danced hula, and so long hair is kind of a thing. It's, you know, your wisdom is connected to it. But I really felt called that there was, like, a a fresh beginning that was invited into, which is interesting because in the Zen tradition, um, my husband, he's Zen, Buddhist, and he um, did a Tehatsu ceremony, which is where you shave your head. Right. And it's like you dedicate yourself and you actually shave your head every day. It's like a rededication over and over and over again. Like that's part of the tradition. Interesting hair fact there mm. um, with spirit. But let's so let's go like let's yeah, tap back into light language. Okay. Cause I think that it will actually tie into how do you trust or mm. how do you choose to trust with the spiritual awakening? So when um Let's see here. We're a few years ago. Um, my, my grandmother passed. And around that time, I was spending time with her, right? You know, with her tr- in her transition and wanting to be with her. And, uh, my mother had died when I was younger. And so, like, it felt like it was the end. And I felt I'm feeling teary. I'm feeling some emotion around this. This was the end of like my female lineage because I had two boys. And, um, I remember like at that time being in such a dark place and feeling like what the Christian mystics, you know, they speak into the dark night of the soul and that, that space. And I, I felt that I felt like, why am I here? What's the point? You know, especially after grandma passed and I felt, um, yeah, like looking ahead and not seeing the point, <laughs> Like, what's the point we all live. And then, we die like what's the point right and i can laugh about it now but at the time it was really painful and um i remember around that time feeling called to connect into spirit with spirit in different ways and i remember um doing a painting and shortly when i was doing that painting that language started coming in and it was um a painting to honor my grandmother my mother my grandmother my great grandmother and i started writing this just it looked like cursive but like up and down right i'm like i don't even know what this thing is right but i felt really sourced and loved and uh, connected and um so that was when it first began coming out on my paintings and then after that um I didn't even know what it was at first, but after that, I got more and more familiar with it and um, started writing and <laughs> being able to write and be like, what does this mean? And then be able to write what, what the meaning was. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> it's like the, uh, and in that at the same, around the same time, I had it come in where I'm thinking like, I am crazy. Like 
I think I'm going crazy. Like I'm writing like the wrong direction. I'm writing things that no one else can understand. Like what, what is this? Right. And I think that was part of that conversation is that when we move deeply into listening to spirit, like spirit doesn't speak in like, like normal ways, you know, spirit is open to all the ways. So there's normal ways, but then there's all the other ways that aren't normal ways that spirit also talks to us. And so when I started like connecting in that, that way, I started judging it, right? Like something's wrong. This is, or what's happening. Um, and yeah, that, I mean, for me, it was like, it was a choice and it has been a choice to trust, right? That, that inner, the inner invitation. And then to keep reminding myself of that, right? To keep, to journal, to write, to, to like connect into what I do know, right? Those, which is, can feel like shaky ground when we're talking about spirit because yeah, it's like a whole other realm, you know, than what we're the physical, what we're living in right now. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like part of what we do is we censor spirit because it doesn't, spirit doesn't fit into what we think of as, I don't know, normal, (laughs) right? So like I see it in creating, for example, that we've quote unquote leashed what creativity looks like or sounds like. But I think we've done that with spirit too. And there's so much more available. So much more available. So I guess the invitation is how you're saying like, there's part of it's like, yes, I'm open. And then it all comes in as like, ah, right. But I think the invitation can be to remain open but then to also ask for what we want, like spirit, can we, can I be open? And can this be, can we just ease this a little bit? Can it be a little more gentle? Can, yeah. Can I, can this feel a little bit more easeful? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The choice, the co-creation piece with spirit, the relationship asking. Yeah. For how we yeah. want. Yeah. And then that piece, another big piece for me, for me not thinking I was crazy, was having my friends and other people who are like, oh, no, you're amazing. (laughs) That's so cool. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Right? Having that feedback. Um, And I think that feedback is powerful no matter what we're opening up to whether it's spirit, whether it's creativity, whether it is putting ourselves out there in a way that we haven't before. Mm. That's like, that's like the cushion. <laughs> that's the softness. It's like the cushion. Oh, the cushion. The and I know. So, okay. I'm going to share a fun fact on Sasha's podcast for Sasha. Oh, yay. <laughs> loves hellos. Okay. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with like 20 million pillows around her like 
between her legs, under her stomach, under her arms, <laughs> under her back. She's like a cushion, like a pillow person. And um, I remember one time I was feeling like I was going through, honestly, I think it was like a spiritual <laughs> like awakening piece that was happening when you're at the hotel and you're like let me make you a nest and she built me this pillow nest of all these pillows and she just had me lay in the pillows and just you know she loved me up but I feel like that's what feedback loving feedback is Mm. you know it's like a soft place to be landing Mm. Oh my gosh. And let's talk about feedback here because I so remember that moment. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Pillows are one of my love languages when I'm with someone and they're like at all uncomfortable. I'm like, let's put a pillow in between your knees. Let's like, let's like, let's cushy this up. Oh my gosh. For those of you that don't know, we have just created a sixth love language from the five language, the pillow. Yes. (laughs) The pillow. Um, But yeah, let's talk about feedback because I mean, I do, I do believe it is a choice. Everything is and can be sacred and some things are more ouchy than others. And you and I both have been in the entrepreneurial space and leadership space. And sometimes feedback is given that is more pointed and I don't know, just, yeah. Do you, do you believe that there is a place for both i mean i i personally believe there's a place for both but then like knowing self like what would what do i need right now what do i want right now what's but what's your experience with feedback yeah i think it's the first thing is like checking your own like nervous system right like are you available for feedback right that there are times when i'm feeling extra wounded or hurting that if someone gave me hard feedback, it would crush me, right? Just because of the space that I'm in. And we all have those spaces, right? It's not like I have it together all the time. There are plenty of times I don't. And um, so it's like knowing that piece. And um, and so that's, I think, where we get to bring in that holy no that we talked about. You know, there's some of that, like, I'm unavailable for that right now, right? Or... Some people don't ask for feedback or coaching. They just give it to you as well. And so, you know, there's some people that I've needed to distance myself from or like there's, there's so many different ways that we can bring up our own sovereign. You talked about your sovereign self. I think about like my own inner like mother or lover who's like, I got you, you know, or the warriors be like, back off everyone, you know, like what, whatever I need to call that energy up into. But I think about like, if I post in on social media, like I also put in the post, if I'm unavailable for feedback, like I say, I do not want any advice. Like I'm, I just love me. Right. And like asking for what I do want. Um, Cause I think sometimes, you know, when someone's hurting, we want to help them. I think, Sometimes we need to ask for what we need, you know, ask for what we need. Um, So I think that's really important. And I think the other piece, and this gets to what you're talking about, is like when we get to know ourselves better, right? To ring into like, if someone gives us feedback and it's like, no, that's not true. Um, 
that doesn't resonate. I don't believe that. You know, there can, we don't have to take on feedback just because someone has it for us. I remember when I first started my business, um, online. <laughs> Cause I'm just saying online people can be trolls. Like there can be some harsh, like people will say and do things online that they would never do in person. Right. And so I had never before that point, like experienced the type of feedback that I got online. So when I went and like that feedback almost made me quit my company, right? The feedback was, you talk like a teenager. Who do you think you are? You don't have anything original to offer. You should just go home, turn everything off. I mean, like mean, 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 right? And um, I remember having someone give me, tell me, oh, congratulations. That's awesome. It means you're making a difference, right? And that feedback <laughs> helped me stay connected to what was most important to me, that I was really letting like one at the time, one person almost completely derail this company that's helped now over a hundred thousand women around the planet. Like that was at the very beginning of my online journey. And I think that feedback can move us away from our purpose, away from spirit, away from our calling. If we start to listen to that other side. Mm. And I always like happy feedback. <laughs> I'll just be straight up. If you love me, tell me. I'll take that feedback all day long. Oh, I love it. Well, interesting, because I just had a conversation earlier today where some people actually have a hard time believing it. They want the happy feedback, but they don't believe it or like receiving compliments, right? So so it sounds okay. like you you receive the feedback, the happy feedback. Well, it's taken some time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's plenty of time when I was like, no, that's not true. <laughs> um and here's the thing, and I don't I don't know if this is totally true, but I'll just say it. Like, I think that if I can't believe it myself, then other people saying it to me isn't really going to help me believe it, right? That much, unless if I choose to believe it, <laughs> right? There, there's like, again, that choice point, but I think of things that I've done to kind of build, boost up my belief in myself have been um, like keeping love notes from people, right? Mm -hmm. And then reading them and being like, okay, that's right. There's this, there's like, that piece of not just reading it and saying, okay, but you know, whatever, but like reading it and like drinking it in, like with all of my essence being like, oh my gosh, this person loves me so much, you know, or like, oh, I've made an impact or I've helped this person change their life or I mean, whatever. I just got, an, I just got a letter in the mail yesterday from like, from someone in my community that's like, oh my gosh, this one email that you wrote like made me decide to lead a 10 week class for adults who have, um, who are bipolar. Right. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Right. And so there's something about the getting present to receive the feedback that can help. That's helped me believe in me, you know, but it's like being open to it. Open, receptive, open, receptive, open, receptive. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Mm, so beautiful. Well, if you listening are ready to unlock your creative flow, this is Amber's zone of genius and her book, I already mentioned bestseller, bestseller. It's amazing. It's, it's different than a traditional book. It's like more of a workbook, right? So it's like a self-guided journey to actually move forward on that. Like this woman you said, who amazing from one email is making a difference, like for all of these people and then the ripple effect those people have. And so do you want to share a little bit about the book? I love the book. (laughs) (laughs) I love my book. Um, Yes. It, so it is, it's part guidebook. So it's actually where I take you into connecting to your creative spirit, your creative calling, because we all have one, we have this energy and then connecting into what's that thing that you're called to do, right? So we all have some calling to create something and that can be anything. It could be a book, it could be you want to start a business, a podcast, a workshop, uh, you want to sing songs, you want to, I mean create art, paint. I, I don't know. There's so many different things that garden, they're going to keep popping in my head now, but I keep saying things, but then it's a guidebook. So um, there's all sorts of, you're encouraged to actually bust out your paints, bust out your markers, um, crayons, and to use the book up. So you can collage in it. You can draw in it. It has everything from helping you decide and to get clear on what you want to focus on to building up the energy and taking a look at like what things are draining your energy so that you can actually create the space for the project or the creative flow to happen. And then we took a like, take a look at scheduling or like, you know, finding your rhythm to create, um, to make the space for yourself. Uh, we talk about support. We talk about, um, maintaining focus and, like that completion energy. So we work through the creative cycle, which is really a, f- we work with four different creative energies that you learn about um, to help you, yeah, complete what you start. Plus, if you get blocked, we've got a whole section on common blocks and what to do. Hey, yeah, yeah, to chop through them. <laughs> so it's super fun. And then if you do it, please take pictures and share and we share them on social. And it's just, it's so fun. It's a really great way to uh, get creating. Mm, absolutely. And from firsthand experience, Amber is just such a sincere leader and really has c- gathered like a global community that is so sincere, so authentic, so relatable, real women. You know, I previously didn't think of myself as an artist and by being on your email list and getting to experience, you know, you really make it very accessible and not intimidating, you know? So I know you have very like world renowned artists. And then you have people who like me didn't really think of themselves as artists that are like, wait, I've got this. I totally can tap into my creativity. It's not that intimidating. Um, And it really does bring a lot of joy into life. So yay. Yeah. Well, thank you. It makes yeah. you happy. Do it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, if you want to jump in and grab the book, you can go to uh, creativityunleashedbook.com. And we've got special things for you. Because I like to give treats. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So many treats. And wherever you're listening to this conversation in the notes section, there's just a direct link that you can click on over. And I'll take you to that to grab your copy of the book. 
And if you've enjoyed this conversation and you think someone in your life would benefit from hearing, I encourage you to share it. And also, if you want to tune into more conversations like this, please follow this podcast, Exploring All That Is Sacred. All right. Thanks again for being here. See you on the next one.